Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show with me, Pulitzer Prize winning broadcaster Adam Bayfield and joining me as always, just back from an extremely well-deserved holiday in Spain, is my old friend Tony Kerr. Hola, I guess. <laughs> oh. It took me a little while to remember it. You know, he's he's learned all the lingo, hasn't he? Yeah, picked it all up. Did you have a good holiday, Tony? No, it's good, thanks. Yeah. We haven't done one of these for, for a while. As I was giving that intro, I felt really weird. I felt out of practice, and we haven't done it for a few weeks because you've been away. Yeah, no, I mean, we, there was a threat of uh, doing one over the phone, wasn't there? Kind of in the same way that we'd done when you take your your annual leave. <laughs> uh, how many days on your leave do we get from this pod? I don't know. We've, we've never really put that put that on paper, have we? Who's our HR guy? I don't know. I am. Oh. I'm your HR guy, and to be honest, I was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit annoyed that you took this holiday without asking me. So it is unpaid leave. It's going to have to go down, <laughs> to go down us. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, we talked about doing an episode over the phone. Uh, actually, I had it all set up. I had the microphone <laughs> set up and everything. I was, you know, making sure everything was uh, soundproof. I was putting towels out everywhere just to get the the audio quality perfect. <laughs> uh, and then I got a text from you 10 minutes before we arranged to do it saying, some people have just turned up and we're going out for drinks and dinner. Sorry, mate. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. So, yeah, uh, it, was, it was unfortunate timing. But... So I just watched Sky Sports News for three or four hours. Because then oh. we sort of, I don't know why I suggested this. I was like, okay, maybe when you get back, we could do yeah. it. You, <laughs> yes, and you were like, yeah, I'll be about 10 o'clock your time. I was just like, all right, yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> Obviously, that was never going to happen. Yeah, I feel a bit uh, bad for that. So I kind of spent the whole evening just waiting, just making minimal adjustments to the levels yeah. uh, on the microphone. It must be said that we've not yet worked out, we can't work out how to get Skype to record into your computer directly, <laughs> can we? So, uh, I mean, it would have been a bit of a glue and tape production it would have been a so bit. Can, what's the, there's an expression isn't there uh, i don't know something scissors and a bodge job wrapping paper. yeah but you did have a good holiday though saying that's the main thing that's, that's the, main the main thing i want to get to the bottom of tonight did you have a good holiday yeah because like i say you really deserved it you really really deserved it i mean it's been a long summer as you say you've worked hard you've had so many dinners to go to Seems to be a recurring theme. I text you and say, what are you up to tonight, mate? I'm just going out for dinner. All right, what about next Thursday? <laughs> mate, I'm going out for dinner. Just always out for dinner. Not, I don't know who with or where, but constantly out for dinner. So you've had a lot of dinners to go to. You've had a lot of, uh, a lot of stag do's to go on, haven't you? A lot of Mediterranean party islands to tear up. So you really needed a break, I think. Just put your feet up for a while. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's good. I've been doing a lot of deals, a lot of... Deals over the dinner table. <laughs> I don't know what about. I mean, I've been, I've been networking. I'm feeling, yeah, I've been kind of 
I've been inking some really serious kind of uh, distribution and whatnot for the podcast. <laughs> you, you're not there with your family, when you? <laughs> it's just you and your mum over Mate, dinner. I've got us a big slot. <laughs> uh, if you've heard of the internet, we can now put it out. Yeah, people in Spain can get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you down on the old uh, Costa del Sol? Yeah, Costa del Crime. Is that what it's called now? Well, it's, I don't know which bit. Oh, that, that's not a great rebrand. I'm, I'm no. not sure they should have gone with that. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Cool. The soul was there in good measure. And the Costa, I guess, as well. <laughs> the Costa's always there. It's always there. The soul is the variable, I think. Yeah. Uh, so just the right amount of soul and just enough Costa for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I don't think you'd have. really made... can't say a huge amount about it. I mean, I don't think you would have uh, got there if it hadn't been for me, though, Tim, would you? Because. I give you a lift oh, God, to the yeah, airport. I should say, yeah. Should have started with a thank you, really. <laughs> yeah, I've really appreciated that, actually. Yeah, you, you got up in the wee hours to drop me off at the airport. I got uh, up at quarter to six on a Saturday morning uh, to take you to the airport after you phoned me the previous evening at nine o'clock. Well, say, I mean, that is in your contract, I I mean, that's, You know, you have to pick me up and dri- drive me home from the podcast as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just kind of spread of papers in the, in the back, catch up on, you know, what's been happening. Uh, it's actually in my contract that I just have to be always available. In case you need a lift. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've just always got the car running. Yeah, but it's remarkably difficult to get to Guernsey's airport when you f- people fly, which is in the morning. <laughs> well, you, you tried to book a taxi, didn't you? Yeah. But there weren't any. There about three taxis in Guernsey. It's like the most popular flight of the week, really, that early morning Saturday one. Yeah. And uh, you didn't think about booking a taxi until the night before at 9pm or something. Yeah. So none of the taxis were available, apart from the Bayfield taxi. That was your next thought. That's probably the best one as well. I mean, you were lucky in the sense that I have to go to work on a Saturday, so I had to get up anyway, but it's just annoying because it's about an hour and 45 minutes before I would have caught up for work, so then I get home and just kind of sit on the sofa <laughs> for an hour watching Sky Sports News. No. I was pleased That's to nice do it, though, I was, I was very pleased to do it. As long as I can get you to the Costa del Sol, I feel like I'm contributing to society in some way. Well, I did really appreciate it. So, Do they uh, like their cricket over there in Spain, Tone? Uh, didn't... No, I didn't hear much about it. Of course, it was the Ryder Cup, wasn't it? So I spent a, a large portion of the uh, the last weekend sat in a pub slash bar, Irish bar, on the Costa del Sol watching the Ryder Cup with all the golf types. <laughs> it must be said that, I don't know, golf fans are weird, aren't they? <laughs> right, yeah. They are weird. How so? Well, because they're all dressed in polo shirts and shorts. Oh, and they're, they're all... There's like very minute differences between the polo shirts. They've all got kind of, it's all like pink and navy striped, like horizontal striped polo shirts and variations on that. A lot of baseball caps. It's yeah. weird. They all, you can just, you can spot like football fans and cricket supporters come in all guises, don't they? But golf fans are the most uniform of the sport fan, I think. How good was the Ryder Cup though? Oh, it was good. I think... I actually tweeted this time, but I'll, I'll regurgitate it here. I think golf is very possibly my least favourite sport, but the Ryder Cup is very possibly my favourite sporting event. Yeah, amazing. It's absolutely unbelievable. Well, it is the best format in sport, as I think I tweeted. So just to get, <laughs> just to, we're both on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, it is the best format in sport. What's what comes close, really? Uh, I thought maybe a horse race, the Grand National. Uh, but that's over in about 10, 15 yeah, minutes. No, not, not even close. No, in terms of what that, the just guaranteed, uh, what's the word, guaranteed narrative and drama. But test cricket, isn't it, is probably the closest thing. But it would be like, you know, to distill the best bits of a test match and then kind of multiply them to match the Ryder Cup. You'd probably have to 
I think, just have a several one-on-one contests between bat and ball going on, wouldn't you, at the same time? Oh, I see. The, so, yeah. Or like so it'd be several like, test it'd be matches like, going on that all count for, towards the same thing. Yeah, and so you'd be, like, between, you'd, be cut, yeah. you'd be like, oh, this is a really important spell. Let's cut to this over. Well, likewise. I sort of, yeah, I sort of see what you mean. But that is it, isn't Yeah, it? one of the brilliant things about the Ryder Cup is that it just never stops because after every shot they show, they cut to someone else playing a shot. Yeah, so I mean, every single game is valuable and exciting. And Yeah, I'm with you that, that, that Test Cricket has echoes in the Ryder Cup in that it's, you know, it's that kind of longer format and the narrative develops more slowly and more excitingly. Uh, but I guess the thing with the Ryder Cup is that it, like, because it only happens once every two years, that makes it so much more loaded with meaning, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, whereas it's crammed test matches three days. just come along like buses, don't they? <laughs> so it's not, it's not quite the same thing. But I sort of see what you mean. Yeah, oh, it's, it is amazing. Though. I mean, they must, uh, they must. I was going to say, they must be thrilled with it. <laughs> they must be so proud of themselves. <laughs> yeah, they've really done well. I mean, it's not like the whole thing's a complete rip-off and, like, you know, they're making absolute killing out of it. They just must be thrilled. They must be proud as punch. Yeah. I, mean, I think in some ways it's a bit of a disgrace because I think, like, all the people serving canapes and stuff are on minimum wage. So they're all just... All the players are buying private jets. Like, it's, oh. a, it's not... It's, I know. I don't want to like it. In some ways, it's it's, it's a disgrace. Yeah. I don't want to like it because golfers are. What I do do not like about it is golf commentary and golf commentators. There's some ridiculous things heard, and and also there's just nonsense, kind of hyperbole, which is a bit, probably a bit harsh. Things we've just said it's the best sporting event <laughs> uh, in the world, uh, but there's there's just nonsense. Like you know, with actual like surprise tones, the commentators were saying like. You know, we've just seen some sensational golf this weekend. I mean, it's like, what do you expect when you gather <laughs> tw- the, the 24 best golfers essentially in the world and make them play? Well, that's certainly one thing that, that you don't get in cricket, is it is bad commentators, <laughs> idiotic commentary. So that is certainly something that cricket yeah, thank God for that. Not going for it. And you certainly don't get idiotic cricket podcasters. Uh, and tonight on our little cricket podcast, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of talking, probably doing a lot of talking about cricket. We've got a brand new item to unveil. Have we? Yeah. World Cup watch. That was my idea. Well, what happened is you, <laughs> you, say, you said we should do an item in the run-up to the World Cup, looking ahead to the World Cup, and we'll call it something like, I don't know, World Cup watch, except not called that, called something better. So tonight, World Cup watch starts. Well, hang on, we're not... What's, what are we putting in that segment tonight? Well, we're just talking about the World Cup. Okay, like cool. Up well, we'll just introduce the segment, then, and we'll come back next week, perhaps with a better name <laughs> and a bit more structure to it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. World Cup watch. <laughs> if you cast your mind back to the top of the show, I told you that we had a brand new item to unveil called World Cup watch. Working title. <laughs> Doesn't really compare, does it, to the uh, unveiling of the Apple watch? It's kind of, it's like, the Apple watch is sh- cousin yeah well, cut watch we do have you two here though. Uh, <laughs> they've got a brand new album that we'll be downloading along with this podcast i love that not only have you two polluted everyone's ipods with music uh they're now they've got, I've got about a one minute 30 advert that's airing uh, with like all the football and stuff anyway carry on don't what, say anything bad about them bono's looking quite <laughs> upset in that chair over there well yeah, it was uh, it was an agonizing weekend that we spent tone trying to come up with with the idea for this segment, we booked out a five-star resort in the Lake District, really set aside some time to think about it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we've come up with the working title, World Cup Watch. And the idea of this is that we're going to be tracking the fortunes of all the teams in the build-up to the 11th 
Cricket World Cup, which is now looming like a, like a big dark a, cloud, like yeah. a deep plunging canyon at the end of a broken railway track. It starts in exactly tone, 136 days time, on Valentine's Day, 2015. Yeah. Oh, sorry, love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching UAE, <laughs> Bangladesh. No, I think it's actually England, Australia yeah. on the opening. Oh, day. So, well, there we go. Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day is postponed. <laughs> what a romantic start. Uh, the romance of the world. I'm just brainstorming tweets here. <laughs> We've got 136 days to do that brainstorming tone uh, before you have to come in hard with that first tweet. I mean, I guess it makes sense, Tony. It is the game of love and unity after all. So, <laughs> so Valentine's Day does make sense. It is exciting, though, isn't it? I mean, a World Cup is always exciting. I mean, the realisation will come uh, you know, a day or two into it that it's, <laughs> it's an arduous journey. Uh, but I mean, part of the reason why I thought you know, I came up with that, <laughs> part of the reason why I came up with the idea for the, the feature really yeah. was that I didn't want to be left high and dry when I'm picking my fantasy World Cup eleven or squad or whatever hundred players, whatever you need to pick this time. So you really uh, want to have so I want to, you know I want all the knowledge and all the kind of background because I realised I probably wouldn't pay any attention to what you know some of the teams were doing. Because you, you, you want to talk about is England every week. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> no, you, that, that's good. I mean, I think you've justified the segment very well. They sound like Johnny Ive or something. It's just <laughs> yeah. Unapologetically looking ahead to the World Cup. <laughs> uh, well, I've got up the uh, the Wikipedia article okay, for the 2015 World Cup, which yeah, I think is as good a place to start as any. Uh, yeah, the first day, as I say, is Valentine's Day. Match one is New Zealand v Sri Lanka at Christchurch. Match two is Australia v England at Melbourne. So, yeah, there's a couple of a couple of corkers to kick things off. Uh, and then, well, it just goes on from there, really. What did you want to do on this segment, Sam? You were, you were talking about we'd look at all the, the one-day series that are going on, the kind of warm-up one-day series that are happening ahead of the World Cup and well, kind of split them between us, would we, and try and uh, yeah. try and make sure we cover it all? Well, what I've done is I've gone to Crick Info, if oh, you've yeah. heard of that website. And uh, if you go to the fixtures pane uh, in Crick Info, you can pain. go to the international calendar pane yeah, okay. tab, and you can go to the uh, fixtures and schedules list. Uh, you can actually filter by ODIs. So I've gone and looked at all the ODIs. Uh, you can cut this this whole <laughs> explanation. Um, anyway, it, to boil that down is what? Yeah, we'll just we'll follow all of the ODIs that are happening. <laughs> Basically, well, I'm glad you explained it. Anyway, keep it simple. Anyway, but it, it largely starting. There's two series aren't there that are coming up pretty soon. Uh, Australia, Pakistan in the UAE uh, and India, West Indies. I don't know where that is. That's in India. I think you're going to follow the India West Indies series. I'm going to follow Australia, Pakistan. Uh, and we're going to do our little match reports or whatever. Uh, and yeah, and then we're going to talk about them. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting. And in some ways, you know, the World Cup gets quite a bad rep, and rightly so, some would say, just because it drags on for so long and, and, and all those other problems with it. But it's hard not to be excited about one at this stage anyway. Um, well, at this stage, it's not kind of dominating my life in the way that uh, perhaps it it will, uh, you know, with a couple of days before it starts. But... But I am, I, I am feeling a few twinges of excitement looking ahead to it, if only because I do think it's a very open tournament. And actually, that's been a, a, a recurring theme for quite a long time. Actually, the last seven global limited overs tournaments have been won by six different teams. This is going back to the World T20 in 2009. That tournament was won by Pakistan. And since then, South Africa and New Zealand are the only big teams not to have won a tournament during that run. run. 
and only India have won more than one. They won the World Cup, obviously, in 2011 and the Champions Trophy last year. So, you know, in that period, we've seen a, a lot of different teams winning the tournaments. And as I say, South Africa and New Zealand haven't, but they've been pretty close in several of them. And at this point, you know, it, it's not easy to identify a clear favourite. The bookies' favourite are Australia. Uh, and just going down the list, second favourites are South Africa, then India, then Sri Lanka, then New Zealand. England are sixth favourites. Pakistan and West Indies are eighth favourites. England's odds might be slightly skewed there because it's an English bookmaker I'm looking at. But you can get 9-1 to one on Sri Lanka tone, 14-1 to one on West Indies. Both pretty good odds, I think, because, you know, as I say, yeah, that's, that's the order that they're in. But it does seem to be very much anyone's tournament at this stage anyway. I mean, do you go along with Australia as being the, the favourites at this point? Uh, Obviously, they're going to be at home. Yeah, it's tough to argue with that. I mean, yeah, they've certainly got some... You know, they're putting together quite a dangerous team, aren't they? So, Well, I mean, they're going to be one of the uh, teams competing in that series that you're looking at starting next week in the UAE. Or this week, in fact. When does it mm. start? 7th of October, three-match one-day series. Um, I guess in some respects, you know, that won't be very instructive because those conditions in the UAE will be just about as unlike uh, Australian and New Zealand conditions as you can possibly get. But in one sense, I suppose, you know, if Australia were to go there and win, it might make them look even more the favourites, even more ominous, just because, you know, if they beat Pakistan and the UAE, that that sends out a, a reasonably stark message for everyone else for when they do get back to the conditions they're more comfortable in. Yeah, absolutely. And Pakistan uh, are without their, you know, when it was something we're going to be presumably talk about in a minute uh you know without one of their big players so uh that you know obviously that's a massive massive blow for them and whether you know whether Ajmal will be back in time for you know whether it will be cleared to play for the world cup i mean i don't know Do well know? i mean let's talk about it so yeah, yeah the, what, what you're referring to here is uh Saeed Ajmal because yeah pakistan uh had their world cup hopes dealt a savage blow last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago now three weeks ago or something at this point when the ICC announced that uh, Saeed Ajmal, the world's number one ODI bowler, uh, would be suspended from bowling in international cricket. His action was being tested in Brisbane uh, after he was reported in a test against Sri Lanka at the beginning of August. Um, and yeah, he's been he's been banned. This is part of an ICC clampdown tone. There are now 11 bowlers who have been reported in the last year, some of whom have received bans, including Kane Williamson and Shane Shillingford and, and Sunil Narayan, Another massive name has now been reported as well. Just the other day was reported at the Champions League. So there was there was speculation when Ashmal went for the test uh, that he might be banned, but that he might be banned from bowling his Dusra because that was the delivery that was really kind of under scrutiny. But as it turns out, um, the ICC have, have decreed that in all of his deliveries, his arm extends more than the permitted 15 degrees. And his, well, his elbow extends, his arm straightens more than 15 degrees. So as a result, he's received as i say a complete ban what do you make of this time that, that that is a that's a catastrophe for pakistan isn't it yeah uh, and you know the, it's basically these are the, kind of the top slow slow bowlers in the world aren't they in, in many ways uh and and have been the most kind of game changers in the last literally in the last few years so there's there's no player you can probably take away from any team that that would be uh as serious and a punishment really as this what's he the top wicket taker in all formats uh, in recent years. Yeah, so. in the last three years. He's- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Taking 284 international wickets, which is substantially more than anyone else. Uh, Dale Stain is second on the list, uh, and he's taken 59 fewer wickets than Ajmal. And yeah, I mean, he's he's got a bowling average of 22 in ODI cricket. As I say, he's the number one bowler in the world. He's the best spin bowler in the world by some distance, isn't he? And as you say, you know, maybe one of the bowlers that batsmen fear most and, and certainly the most frightening player that Pakistan possess. I mean, you, you take Ajmal out of that side and they, they do immediately look much more beatable, don't they? He can be retested at any time. So potentially there's a route back for him. But it's a big ask, isn't it, for him to sort of completely remodel his action five months out from a World Cup. You know, maybe he can find a way to deliver a ball that is legal, but will he be as dangerous? But will that ball be as likely to take a wicket? Well, you'd have to assume not, wouldn't you, I, th- I think. Uh, it, it seems pretty patchy. You know, the ICC not famed for their f- famed for the way they go about anything, really. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, it's not like he's he's new on the scene, is he? You know, he's been around for years, so... Yeah, he's 36 and, and this, years this, old. This clampdown, it, it seems, it's, it's a little odd. Yeah, it is strange. I mean, you've got to ask the question, what's changed about his action? Because he's, yeah, he's 36. He's been around for a long, long time. He was reported in 2009. He was tested. He was cleared to play. It's hard to believe that his action has changed substantially since then. And yeah, obviously there has been some kind of directive from the ICC because, yeah, we've, we've seen in the last year a big clampdown, a lot of bowlers being reported and a lot of bowlers who are then being tested being banned. I mean, what do you think about the whole the whole concept, the whole notion of, of chucking? You know, a lot of people get very upset about it. It's it's considered by some people to be one of the most sort of heinous crimes in cricket up there with, you know, walking in front of the sight screen when you're a spectator, which I think is actually a criminal offence in some English counties. But, you know, is, is chucking really that bad, Tone, if someone chucks it a bit, particularly for a spinner? Is that the end of the world? Should they be banned? Well... I mean, chucking is quite a pejorative term, isn't it? I mean, you know, so the language I mean, the la- is the yeah, issue. Yeah, the, well, the language is an issue, isn't it, from the start? Because it's not, it's not particularly useful. Uh, no, I, I don't think it is. It's quite literally not black and white, is it? It's, it's, it is degrees we're talking about here. So where do you draw the line? Probably, yeah, they've chosen to draw the line at 15 degrees. I, I, to be honest, I, I couldn't say whether that's... The right side. I mean, it, it seems a, it seems quite a difficult thing to manage, and as I say, it's very late in the game to be to be coming up with all this stuff. Yeah, I mean that that fifteen degree mark. I mean, the problem that they had is that in the past it was sort of well, you either chuck or you don't, as in you either straighten your arm when you're bowling or you don't. People who were sent for testing, it was like, well, we've got to see if they straighten their arm. But actually, they tested you know so many bowlers and discovered that basically every bowler, you know, when you kind of microscopically analyze it, every bowler extends their arm when they bowl. 
So this is when they had to come up with some kind of line above which it's illegal. Uh, and they, they settled on 15 degrees. And I don't know how arbitrary that is. I mean, presumably the people doing these sorts of tests are more qualified to draw that line than we are. And there does need to be some sort of rule, obviously, because I, I do think that, yeah, you can't have a situation where people are kind of running in and wanging it down baseball style. Because firstly, that isn't cricket, is it? That's that's just not the sport that we're used to. But also, you know, even if you're just chucking it, you know, I don't know, say you're straightening your arm 30 degrees or something, by doing that, you can generate extra speed, you can generate extra spin if you're a spinner. And it's also harder for the batsman to pick up the line and length when the arm is straightening, um, especially if you vary how much you're straightening your arm as well. So, yeah, there's got to be some kind of law, but I wonder whether maybe there could be a bit more flexibility here because it, it would be hard to argue, I think, that banning Saeed Ajmal from playing international cricket makes international cricket better because he is one of the most exciting cricketers around. And I know you shouldn't change the rules or bend the rules to accommodate people who are breaking the rules, but it's not like he's a drug cheat or something, is it? I mean, is it really so terrible if his arm extends, I don't know, 17 degrees? I mean, we don't know how much his arm is extending, but if it's 16 or 17 degrees or even 18 or 19, should he be banned? I don't know. It's it's a difficult yeah, one. Yeah, and it is difficult. I mean, we, yeah, we're talking about the most successful bowler in cricket in the last few years. You know, you mentioned uh, Narayan as well. These are bowlers doing new things. I mean, this, this, you know, the mystery spinner and all these kind of new deliveries that have emerged in the last few years probably couldn't be bowled with a straight arm. Yeah, well, yeah Graham Swan says he doesn't think it's possible to bowl a deucer with a straight arm. And maybe he's right, I don't know. But do we want to outlaw the deucer? I mean, does it not make cricket better? I, mean, I suppose you can say, well, you know, maybe a little bit like ball tampering or something. You might say, well, if you kind of scratch the ball up and make it reverse swing, reverse swing makes cricket better, so let's... Or let's not come down hard on people who are doing it. But you'd say, well, at the moment, given that it is illegal, if some people are tampering with the ball and getting it to reverse swing and other people aren't, then the people who are are getting an unfair advantage, aren't they? I suppose you could say a similar thing. Well, if some people are chucking it and other people aren't, then those players who are chucking it are getting that advantage. And, you know, some will argue that maybe that's why Ajmal has been so successful. It's because it's unfair. But I just come down on the side of, well... It's very exciting. I, I don't feel like he's a cheat by doing it. It doesn't feel well, like no, I mean, he's cheating. It's just like slightly... And the thing is, yeah, you know, we're talking about slow slow bowlers here. You know, a, a fast bowler chucking it. Or if you ran in and, yeah, and you just you pitched it like a, a baseball pitcher, uh, you know, you're obviously going to be able to generate... You know, to generate more speed, aren't you? You know, that's, there's a clear advantage there. And I get, you know, I guess for the slow bowler who bowls with the bent arm versus a slow bowler who doesn't, the advantage you're getting there is, you know, you'll be able to, to put spins on that you wouldn't be able to with it with a straight arm. But I think that seems that seems more, that seems less or less distasteful than, than yeah, like a fast bowler coming in and, and winging it. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I'm sure, like, a lot of people have very strong opinions on this and I'm, I'm sure listeners will, will let us know if they think we're really wide of the mark here. But, you know, I, I, and I don't like the idea that just because Ajmal's been banned that we're getting upset about it, although that is obviously what's happening. It, it couldn't be the case that you say, oh, don't ban Ajmal, but ban everyone else. Like, it would have to apply across the board to people like Shillingford and Williamson as well. But I, I would just like to see a bit more flexibility and, and, not, and not worrying too much if they're going a little bit over that 15-degree mark, um, which is arguably the situation as it was before this clampdown started. I mean... Like I say, it's hard to believe that Ajmal's changed his action substantially 
So maybe it was they were just kind of turning a blind eye to it. And then suddenly they've decided that they're not going to do that anymore. And I'm not sure that this clampdown is really a, a necessary or, or positive thing for cricket. No, and there are more pressing matters, I think, facing cricket as a sport and the ICC. Uh, like, you know, supposed match fixing and that sort of thing. You know, if they're going to... Impl- well, I mean, what do, they, what do they call it? The ICC accredited team of biomechanics experts, you know. It just seems a bit spurious, really. <laughs> a bit over the top, man. Yeah. I mean, as I say, it's a big blow for Pakistan losing Ajmal. I, I just can't see him coming back in time for the World Cup. Maybe he could come back afterwards, but as I say, he's he's 36. This could potentially be a, a career ender, which would be a, a real shame, a, a harsh way for him to have to bow out. Without Ajmal, can can you see Pakistan posing much of a threat in this World Cup? I mean, you're the man no. to tell us, or you will be the man to tell us <laughs> when you've watched this UAE-Australia series. No. Well, you'd think not, wouldn't you? I mean, that, that batting lineup is a is a bit threadbare, isn't it? But in the past, you would always say, well, no matter what total they put on the board, they're going to have a chance of defending it because they've got such a powerful bowling attack. And it's not all about Ajmal. There's, there's people like Umar Gul and Junaid Khan... <laughs> So it's not all about Ajmal, but it's a lot about Ajmal, isn't it? Well, I tell you, yeah, you're, you're losing, you know, probably, I don't know, 30, 30% of your arsenal. So, yeah, I, I, you would think not on the, on the face of it, but we'll see how it goes. So, yeah, I'm going to be looking at that uh, India-West Indies series, which starts on October the 8th. So a week from today, actually, is recording this, October the 8th uh, in Kochi. I could imagine West Indies struggling in that series. I mean, I think they've... They've got a decent chance at the World Cup, actually. But in India, I could see that going quite wrong quite quickly. But, you know, we'll see, I suppose. We'll uh, see. Let's not get, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, absolutely not. Plenty of cricket to watch and talk I'll, about. I'll be, uh, I'll be reporting on that. Yeah, good. Cup reporter Bayfield <laughs> will be bringing you a report on that next week. We should be flying out to these, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should be watching cricket live. If you stop taking holiday tone... And then we might have something left in the budget. (laughs) The side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. I've got one side note for you this week, Tony, and it comes from BBC News Africa. You might have seen this story this week, because it's been a lot of of news outlets. Cricketers play on Kilimanjaro to set new world record. You're nodding your head like you have seen this. I'm aware of this, yeah, I'm aware of this. Okay, all right, well, uh, never mind then. That's it for the World Cup show this week. <laughs> a group of international cricketers has set a new world record for the highest ever match by playing at the top of Kilimanjaro, Africa's highest mountain in Tanzania. The teams included former South Africa fast bowler Makaya Antini and ex-England spinner Ashley Giles. The game was played at a height of 5,730 metres, that's 18,799 feet, in a flat crater just below the summit. They played 10 overs each of a 2020 game before clouds stopped play. Giles tweeted on Friday morning, This is absolutely incredible! We're playing cricket on the summit of Africa! The previous record for the world's highest game is 5,165 metres, played in the Himalayas at Everest Base Camp in Nepal in 2009. The Gorillas team, led by England women's vice-captain Heather Knight, scored 82 for 5 to beat Giles' Rhinos team, who managed 64 for 9. Not a high-scoring game, then. <laughs> a bit of a low-scoring thriller. Yeah. <laughs> not Actually, not really a thriller, was it? A bit of a disappointing game. They ended up, <laughs> what, 18 runs short? That's quite a lot in, in those circumstances. Lost nine wickets as well in ten overs. It's rubbish. What's Giles doing? <laughs> He's supposed to be a coach. No wonder he didn't get Poor. that England job. Yeah. 
There's some pretty cool pictures of this event. Uh, there's a really good one, kind of wide-angle shot uh, of the summit and the cricketers playing. It's a big outfield. It's a big old outfield. I sort of had visions of like a tiny little mountain top and yeah, just thinking like, how, fast, how did the ball not go off the edge? And if it did, that's a, you know, that's a that's long... lost. <laughs> You'd have to put that down as a lost ball. It's like, like it's annoying when you play in the garden and the ball goes in the hedge. Yeah. You have to spend ages looking for it. Or it goes off over the fence or something. You have to go around next door and be like, can we have our ball back, please? Uh, but if it goes off the edge of a mountain, that's going to be all afternoon you're looking for that. You're screwed, aren't you? I suppose it was a drop-in <laughs> pitch as well, was it? It was, yeah. Apparently they took the equipment up a few days before. Uh, or some other people did. I didn't yeah. think they, they like took it up and thought, right, well, that's great. We'll come back here and next week. set up. <laughs> I think some, yeah, some, some local people took yeah. the equipment up oh, and good. then Giles just swanned in. Swanned in, <laughs> quaffed the champagne <laughs> at the toss. And uh, put something on Twitter. Yeah. I, I wonder if, like you, he was thinking about what to tweet <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like six months before. Because if so, it wasn't, wasn't brilliant. It wasn't great. Yeah. No, it was a good effort. I don't know what to ask you about this, really, Tony. Did we talk about doing a charity match about three years ago? Like, doing a charity match on Kilimanjaro? No, no. Let me see if it... No, something here. Didn't we talk about that? Oh, yeah, we were going to do a World Creature Invitation. Oh, yeah. I thought about that the other day. It, we that's gonna, weird. You were going to captain a team and I was going to yeah. captain a team. We should try and do that next... Oh, I mean, it won't happen, but <laughs> <laughs> we should try and do it next summer. It won't happen, but, but it's fun to talk about Let's it, talk anyway. about it. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fun. We could definitely do it in... Yeah, in Guernsey. Well, you've got the contacts now at the uh, the Guernsey Cricket Board. Aren't you going to some swanky do on Saturday night? Well, I'm going to pick up my evening league Division One winners medal. <laughs> <laughs> like How many games did you play? Top level cricket in Guernsey. Two. You played two. Uh, I came to the side. Uh, Kobe uh, had won the league at that point. They'd won every single game, uh, and then I came in and we lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> I think lost subsequently the game I played in as well. But still. Two appearances in a match, well, you, you know, in, you, a, in a league well, winning season. Yeah, that yeah. winners' medal, then, Tone, don't you? I'll come. I'll be wearing it around my neck at the next pod. <laughs> so you, somehow you managed to wrangle an invite to this dinner. Uh, I'm going to go out to dinner. How yeah. many courses? <laughs> I think it's a 18 course tasting menu. <laughs> I think. Uh, no, no, it'd just be a, it'd be a piss up, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Do you want to hang out on Saturday night, Tone? No, I'm out to dinner. I'm out to the GCB dinner. And in more exciting news as well, for me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Right. In more exciting news, the, uh, uh, since we last did this, the ICC European Division 1 T20 Championship, uh, which is a precursor to the ICC T20 qualifying thing, that, yeah. whatever it's called, tournament, which is a precursor itself for the ICC 2020 World Cup. Right. Uh, it's happening in Jersey. <laughs> What's happening in Jersey? <laughs> the, the 2020 World Cup? No, the European Championship Division 1 right. ICC 2020 thing. Okay, so if you win that, you go into the, the qualifier. qualifying tournament. Yeah. And if you win that, you go to the World T20. Exactly. So the European one is happening in Jersey? It is happening in Jersey next when? May. Next May. So yeah. we should pop across for it. Yeah, we should actually. Because Guernsey will be in it, Jersey will be in it, Italy, Denmark... I think you need to get to the final. The finalists qualify for the qualifier. Uh, now, Guernsey's team hasn't, hasn't had the best of years, really. They've lost quite a few senior pros and, and the kind of old, experienced heads. Uh, so they've, they've struggled a bit. Uh, got heavily beaten by Jersey in the interinsular. But uh, they did all right last time. They got to the semi-final. And then I think some guy called Clocker 
I remember that's right. Yeah, spanned around in the in the semi final was quite good. Uh, but they did all right. So yeah, you know, you never know. Well, you just never know. If you keep performing to the level that you've been performing this year, you never know. You might be I in that be there. squad. Can make, make you all the difference if you're not out to it's, dinner. It's not yeah. Much like Ed Miliband's speech to the Labour Party conference, this episode of the World Cricket Show has failed to mention any of the most important issues of the moment and has been delivered in that familiar nasal fashion that leaves you wondering why anyone really had high hopes for it in the first place. As such, it's probably about time, Tone, to bring it to an end. Bit of satire there for you. Yeah, bit out of date now, though, isn't it? Yeah, a bit last week. Cameron's given his speech today, but you know our writing staff hasn't had time to really get their teeth into yeah, that I caught yet. a bit of that on the radio this morning, uh, or this afternoon, or wherever it was. When was it this morning? Lunchtime. It was it's around lunchtime. lunchtime. <laughs> it's called lunchtime. What's that time between the morning and afternoon? It was around like brunch, I think. Term, yeah. said, meet us in the conference hall at brunch. Uh, uh, it always makes you laugh when people giving speeches say something. You know, he did it about three times. He was like, in the, in the portion I was listening, I wasn't like listening to the whole thing. And he was like, yeah, people tell me uh, you know, a lot of different things when I'm out about meeting uh, you know, people in the constituency. He's like, yeah, I mean, they tell me a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of like laughed and, like, and everyone's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, lots of different things, I bet. Oh, I bet they just f***ed off. And all, like, <laughs> uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, did it about three times. Politics and like, the conferences are quite a weird thing, aren't they? So, I mean, they're literally preaching to the converted. It's just, it's really hard to gauge whether it was a good speech or not, because everyone's going mental all the time. <laughs> Miliband's speech, you know, he had all those people behind him for some reason, and they all just look bored. <laughs> like, if, if they look bored, this is not going well, Ed. Oh, politics, Tone. Hey, politics. What are you going to do oh, about it? God, thank God politics and cricket never meet. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, that's about it, I think. Uh, if you like the World Cricket Show... Uh, then we're also available on the internet. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show. Uh, we, we occasionally post photos and even more occasionally videos. Follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, the show account is at cricket show. I'm at Adam Bayfield12 and you can follow Tony at Tony Cover, T O N Y C V R R. Did you do much tweeting in Spain? Not a huge amount. Oh, you can follow me on Instagram if you want as well. Yes, it's Adam Bayfield. Tony doesn't want you to follow him on Instagram because he's embarrassed about the photos that he posts. Uh, but I'm yes, it's Adam Bayfield. And send us an email if you want to send us an email. Uh, Worldcricketshow at gmail.com. And if you've got a spare few minutes this week, we really appreciate it when people write reviews on iTunes because uh, that does help us to attract new listeners, helps us boost up the rankings. So thanks to everyone who has done that. But that's it, I think. We're going to be getting back into the swing of things, aren't we, now? Yeah, it's been a bit uh, bit stop-start the last month or so, hasn't it? Uh, or stop in the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, we are going to be getting back into swing of things. I'm sure everyone would agree that uh, World Cup Watch was a, a roaring success oh, tonight. Absolutely blew the house down. <laughs> so, uh, blew so, yeah. the roof off here. Uh, so yeah, so we're going we're gonna to bring that back. Uh, once again that and every week next week uh, but until then that's it from me that's it from Tony stay in school everybody uh, and we'll see you all next time bye for now cheery
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 